Hello, this is Linda McGlasson with BankInfoSecurity.com, and today we're speaking with Alan Paller of the SANS Institute. For those of you who don't know, SANS is the most trusted and by far the largest source for information security training and certification in the world. It also develops, maintains, and makes available at no cost the largest collection of research documents about various aspects of information security, and it operates the Internet's early warning system, the Internet Storm Center. The website is www.sans.org. Alan is the Director of Research for the SANS Institute, and he's responsible for seeing all, overseeing all research projects ranging from the SANS step-by-step -step guides to the SANS digests to the top 20 Internet security threats. He's also the founder of the CIO Institute and earned his degrees in computer science and engineering from Cornell and MIT. Alan is the author of the EIS book, Information Systems for Top Managers and How to Give the Best Presentation of Your Life. In 2001, the President named Allen as one of the original members of the National Infrastructure Advisory Council, and in 2005, the Federal CIO Council chose him as its 2005 Azimuth Award winner, recognizing his vision and outstanding service to federal information technology. Hello, Allen. Hi. Well, we'll, we'll get right down to these questions. Um, are we in information security becoming complacent? Is it possible we're becoming inured to all these zero-day threats and botnets and virus threats and spam clock email boxes that we tend to look at uh, the situation and believe it is normal? I think a lot of people are um, feeling that they've lived through the worst. They aren't any... Uh, in any way terribly damaged by what's happened. Uh, maybe they had to get rid of a computer or two, but it isn't really that big a thing and they can get on with their lives. Okay, and um, what do you and the SANS Institutes see as the biggest information security threat facing the cyber community uh, in 2007? And what about financial what about financial institutions? Are there other threats we must be more attuned to? Well, going back to the, the first question, you set up the second one because although most people believe that they're not being hurt, the reality is that most of the pain is being hidden. Uh, and uh, the best example is financial uh, I think you know that, that there is a massive uh, set of uh, organized crime-driven attacks that take over people's PCs using spam or phishing exercises and uh, put keystroke loggers on their machine. Then the, uh, the keystroke loggers wait until you sign on to Bank of America or one of the other banks and captures the keystrokes that you use, and then it cleans out your account. And what has happened is that the banks have kept that essentially secret. The way they've done that is by paying off the, the losses that basically their depositors caused. And yet the banks took responsibility for it. And these are real losses. The money's really gone. It's not it's not pretend money the way the, the credit card companies do it. Um, but the banks are losing a lot of money. And it turns out that in the last 
uh, here, the losses from this type of attack have increased by between 400 and 800 percent. Um, become so significant that bank CEOs are starting to ask, how long can we continue to pay the losses? And what's what's fascinating about that is that although the public doesn't know that they're at risk this way, because the banks certainly aren't going to tell people because they want you to use online banking, the really scary part of this from a from a complacency perspective is that nearly every bank believes that this is entirely a problem caused by a home user allowing his machine to get infected. But we have evidence that in one case, the loss was not a home user. In fact, the credentials were stolen directly from the servers in the bank. So the attackers are getting inside the bank, stealing the credentials, and then taking the money away. And all of this is happening way below the public attention meaningfully so, meaning people really don't want the public to know about this because if the public knows about it, they won't trust the online banking. And online banking makes banks a fortune. So it's worth it to the banks to take the losses. But the losses are accelerating. 500% a year is way too much. And I guess the worst part of it is just from the reason I care about it. A lot of people say, well, why, why are you making noise about it? It turns out that at least in one case, um, law enforcement has... Uh, let us know that, that the money from one of these bank frauds went directly into the accounts that the terrorists are using to buy the bonds. So our lack of security in the banks is actually funding the, uh, the terrorist bombings. That's trouble. Certainly something that we would want to make sure doesn't happen. Um, happen. Yeah, or at well, least not. And, and people are not doing anything about it because to do something about it takes real work and real money. And um, what would you suggest uh, financial institutions do in in terms of stopping this? There's a there's a discipline that financial institutions are actually in the lead on in terms of not allowing computers to be on their network that have the ability to be infected is a kind of a double negative. But what I mean is one of the things they do that some financial institutions do but not enough is that they take away all of the administrative rights from all computers and keep it sexually managed. That's not a perfect solution, but it's a, a heck of a good one. And then the second one is that, that I only know of one financial institution doing our inoculation programs because for the most part the break-ins inside big financial institutions are happening by uh, social engineering rather than just because they have a bad a bad vulnerability on their machine. They're pretty good about finding vulnerabilities, so their own users are letting them in, and they need to do more inoculation programs. And inoculation programs are different from education programs because people actually experience the pain of the attack in an inoculation program. Uh, but those are the two things that, that, that they need to do a lot more of. They need to be much more disciplined in who they allow on their networks and how they allow machines to get on their networks and they need to be much more disciplined about what the what the users are allowed to do um, when they're hooked to the network. Okay. Um, as you'll know, the banking industry is one of the most highly regulated of all businesses. If you were the decider at a federal regulatory agency, 
What regulation would you enact or repeal for banks and credit unions in regards to strengthening information security? Only one. That's disclosure. The, the character of security is that as long as it can be swept under the rug, it will be considered an insurance expense. And if the money weren't going to the terrorists, I wouldn't care. But given that we're funding the bombs, we need to stop the losses. And the only way you're going to get senior bank officials to stop the losses is if they have criminal um, penalties for not reporting. Okay. Um, as a, I think, a similar question in the same vein, there are some financial institutions out there that say, well, they're not going to hit me. They're not going to come and try to break into my bank and they don't have an incident response program in place, what would you want to tell them? I, I don't know that that's true. I think everyone has a little bit of an incident response program in place. I think what, what really is bad about the incident response programs is that most of them are not staffed with people who can find the problem. So it's not that they don't have people, they don't have, they have the team. It's just that nobody on the team, and I've run this four times now, nobody on the team actually knows how to do the forensics, the investigative work. So really all they have is a team that manages the public, you know, hiding the data from the public and, and getting, keeping the CEO involved and keeping the lawyer involved. But the technical work ends up being, being um, bought from some outside organization. So in essence, anyone who has an instant response plan but doesn't have in-house talent, needs to have somebody, some team, ready and waiting to come and help if they do get if they do get attacked. And the team, a very technical team. There are lots of firms that do that. The big big four do it. There are lots of other firms. And there's always the SANS organization that will train your in-house employees. Um, getting on to uh, some of the initiatives that uh, SANS is working on, could you describe um, the SCORE initiative and its work on best practices for the industry? Actually, let me give you a different one. The okay. first one, I'll do it in one sentence. It's a, it's a list of the settings that you need to do to keep particular parts of your network secure, but you can get those from a lot of people. Um, we've, we've tended to do some that no one else does, but, it, but they're not, no one else does them because they're not as widely used. But the much more interesting project, um, I'm assuming this isn't going to get broadcast for a little while. When does this get? Probably about, oh, two, three weeks. Okay, but perfect. The most interesting um, project is one that, that banks have been enormously supportive of, probably the most supportive of, and that is how are you going to solve the problem long term? And the answer to how you're going to solve the problem long term is you've got to del deliver software that has fewer, fewer security bugs in it. And to do that, you have to get programmers to know how to uh, write more secure code, and more importantly, you have to get the colleges and the community colleges to include secure coding as a required element of anyone's program that gets through their their school. Sound sensible? Oh yeah, build it in from the beginning. Right, but it turns out that, that, that especially in the four-year colleges, but also some of the others, the computer science people say explicitly, this is not our job. We're not a vocational school. We're not going to do it. So we've got this standoff that's been going on for five years. And one of the most fun things we're doing is, is having a, a 
breakthrough impact on that. And what it is, is, is all of the, the, the really smart um, security wizards, you, Gary McGraw was in on it at the beginning, I'm not sure he's still involved in it, but all of the, the secure programming wizards have been helping to create a national exam. And it's been secret. We had, we, we had public in about 10 days, so 10 days before yours goes, yours goes public. Um, but it's a national exam that tests programmers for how well they know the common mistakes that are made, whether they can find them in code and fix them. And the reason it's a high-impact project isn't that it's a test. It's that colleges are going to be put on the spot by employers saying, why do your people fail this exam? And no college wants to be embarrassed about putting out people who are dangerous. So this is the energy source that finally will move the colleges to embed security. And we're already hearing rumblings like that. They're talking about summer workshops for faculty on how to teach how to teach this stuff. It's very exciting. So if you if that's the kind of project Sans likes to take on, where you have a big national problem, the early warning system for the internet. No one was doing that. So we built the Storm Center. We didn't take any federal money. We did it with, with our own money. And we have 6,000 sensors around the world. And we, we reported every every day what, the, what bad things are happening as of last night. And we analyzed it in real time. This project's the same kind of project. We had no way to get the community to, to, to make sure that their programmers, that every project that they have, every bank, for example, Every project to build new software ought to have at least one person who's really an expert on security. Well, how do you know who is an expert on security? That's what the test is. And it's not an on-off test. It's a rating scale. So you don't you don't fail it or pass it. You actually get a certain, you, there are five levels. And so you want to have somebody with one of the upper levels on every project so that they can, they can uh, make sure that the code you're writing actually doesn't have the common errors. That's the kind of stuff Sam likes to do. Um, we have about 14,000 people going through immersion training courses every year, and, and, and it's, this, these are the kinds of programs we put in to make their job easier when they get back get back to their workplace. Well, it sounds like a excellent step in the right direction in terms of making sure that information security starts at the beginning. Um, and I, I wanted just to... Uh, follow up and, and close with two questions. Um, where do you, other than some of these uh, initiatives with the colleges and the uh, building and training uh, programmers, uh, where do you see information security going uh, from the perspective of a SANS uh, director of research? Probably the most interesting problem, and easily the hardest problem, security, uh, is the uh, identification, isolation of malicious software that's hidden on a computer. Um, when when somebody breaks into the computer, your computer, he tries to be invisible, and they're getting much, 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 and more much more sophisticated, becoming invisible. So the great arms race for the next decade will be building the tools uh, and the people who can who can find that stuff. And SANS is not in the lead on that. The, the Air Force is actually in the lead on that. 
watching very closely as that develops. Um, any final words uh, of advice on information security uh, or your own wisdom that you'd like to offer our audience of banks and credit unions? I don't think wisdom is the right word. I was pretty tough on banks in the beginning when I was talking about their hiding hiding the losses and um, and not even knowing it was their own servers that were getting giving it away. In general, the banking community is at least better than, and in most cases, much better than other organizations in security. They've really gone far beyond other organizations in doing things that now others are following. Like, um, they were the first to do yeah, in-depth uh, application testing before they deployed applications on the on the internet. They did they did um, banks. Merrill Lynch, not a bank, but the investment community was the first to build um, scan and block systems that made sure that the computers that connected to their network didn't have any infection. So, all, despite my being a little tough on on the, the banking committee for hiding hiding the problem, um, that's a business decision that they've made, and I, I think it ought to change with uh, with federal laws. But, but other than that, they're really leading the way, and and they need to uh, get kudos for that. Okay. Well, thank you, Alan, for taking this time out of your busy day and sharing your insights on information security with us. And we will continue to look for the latest information on information security and all the surrounding issues uh, from your organization, the SANS Institute. Thank you very much.